welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, we are heading towards the end of season five. Season five. Longtime Finest Work fans know it as we end each season, we do so with our listener's choice epipod where you, the listener, gets to pick and choose and vote for the album that Matt and I will be talking about. This year, we're doing it a little bit differently. We are asking for your finest work fan, fan art, listener art, if you will. So get creative, put together some sketches or drawings or hop on Photoshop and do something goofy and either post it and tag us uh, on social media at Finest Work Songs or email us finestworksongs at gmail.com. And when you do that, let us know what album you would like for us to review for our listener's choice epipod we'll do a poll and let you the listener vote on which uh album we'll end up talking about so the deadline to submit that is november 16th so just about a week left to get it in one week till you looked at me (laughs) did i just tip my hat at what's probably gonna win yeah i'm sure we'll do a bare naked lady epipod soon oh at least one yeah yeah before we get to the album of today what do we have lined up we get so much email from Finest Work fans uh, through our email, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And we do like to share some of that email that we get from time to time. And we do so in a, a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail is in reference to our Beatles Rubber Soul epipod. Wow, big Beatles fan. Big Beatles fan. The uh, Beatles documentary is coming out. I cannot wait for that. Me too. The trailer looked incredible. I was like a giddy school child watching the trailer for that. I'm a little disappointed it's not in theaters. Yeah. But I'll take it. I like to throw popcorn at the screen. At Yoko. Yeah. yeah. She barely showed up in that trailer. Yeah, she did. It's going to be interesting to see how she gets treated. Yeah, that's a very good point. There's no name, so maybe this person's wanting to be anonymous. No with name. With this Kenny Gmail. Yeah. Okay. This person writes, what is the dosage for CBD oil for dogs? <laughs> that's a really good question. I'm glad they asked it. Actually, I don't know if I have an answer as much as I've been wondering that myself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have been wondering that. A Mainly dog. so I could... Make sure I don't take that same dosage the myself. The dog dosage. Yeah. yeah. Would it be more or less than a human? I'm guessing a little less. It depends on the dog. Are we talking... They're pretty hyperactive. They need to chill out. Isn't that what CBD... I don't even know what it does. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking you know, German Shepherd, Bull Mastiff, or are we talking like Shih Tzu and yeah. Pekingese? Because that's probably going to be a little different. That's true. Do they alter medical doses for people of different sizes? Really tall or small? That's a great question. I'm not a CBD expert. (laughs) Sorry. You put that on your LinkedIn. I saw it. I don't. You saw that? (laughs) Yeah, but your LinkedIn, no one really takes that seriously. (laughs) I'm going on LinkedIn right now and put that you are certified in CBD. The best thing that would happen with this is if someone all of a sudden created a Wikipedia page for us, because clearly we don't have a Wikipedia page for this show. (laughs) Right, right. I just made them like nothing but like we do a podcast and we're CBD experts. We're experts, yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm going on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, let me see here. Okay. Are you supposed to be wearing a shirt in your picture, Matt? Shoot. No? I hadn't switched that one out. Is that the one where I'm wearing that helmet with the beer cans on it? Yeah. <laughs> Darn. Matt, looking pretty spry in this picture. <laughs> Did you get this taken last week? Is this the headshot? That's a couple years old. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> I had a picture going for a good eight years. I realized one day. I'm not that young looking at all, so I've been wearing glasses for years now, <laughs> and I don't have them on in that picture. <laughs> That's like the last good headshot I've had. Yeah. I'm rolling with it, baby. 
Let me see your skills and endorsements. Uh, you got a lot. Damn, son. Darn straight. You don't get to be the co-host of a free podcast Golly, with no dude. skills and you endorsements. Have a whole lot. Let's see what your biggest one is. Public relations. Boom. You deal with the people. That's what I'm here for. If it weren't for you, people would be like, I'm not listening to that jerk. I'm here to spin all the negative stuff that comes from you into good stuff. Pretty much. Yep. Yin and yang. <laughs> Chang and ing. <laughs> Chang and ing bunker. There it is. CBD. Yep. It's taken care of. I'm glad we could answer that. Oh, uh, yeah. What was the question about the dog? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the dosage for <laughs> CBD oil for dogs? I have a friend who, his wife is a pharmacist, and they were out of medicine. I think it was like um, z pack type thing. All right. And he was sick. He had like some dog cold medicine or something, you know, <laughs> and he just said, hey, can I take this? And she's like, no, you can't take that. And he said, I'm not asking you as my wife. I'm asking you as a professional doctor of pharmacy. <laughs> can I take this? And she sighed and goes, yeah, you can. <laughs> well, it's time to get into why we're here. Why are any of us here? Mm, we're going to find out from our buddies, Roland and Kurt. They're going to tell us. What's the album today, Matt? Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. Before we jump in, we like to begin with our memories. So, Matt, what is your memory of Tears for Fears? I distinctly connect, particularly Everybody Wants to Rule the World and Head Over Heels and probably even Shout with being like a 10-year-old kid at West Haven Pool in Dunn, North Carolina. You had a little boombox in the corner playing the radio probably like once an hour. Matt, how did you get power out to the pond? <laughs> well, we had a generator. <laughs> Yeah, we called it a pool. (laughs) Listeners, Matt is from the bustling metropolis of Dunn, North Carolina. In our very first epipod, he mentioned that instead of going to prom, he was trying to find a date for Mule Days to his chagrin. (laughs) Yeah, I should never move in my mouth. (laughs) Now, it's made me mock Dunn. (laughs) (laughs) Even though Mule Days is in Benson, it's still the next town over. That kind of made it even worse because you didn't even have your own Mule Days. You had to travel. <laughs> we had to make plans yeah. to go do it. One of our running jokes is not only Mule Days, but just the villa of Dunn. <laughs> yeah, what would right. we call it? The little hamlet of Dunn. It's officially a city. <laughs> I mean, what's it say on the sign? Like when you drive in, you know, Dunn, the city of. It did say All American City because it was. It did? It, well, it did earn All American City status. What does that mean? You got a Waffle House? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dunn is the hometown of Link Ray, the guitarist who essentially invented the power chord. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, He's which awesome. is cool. We got that going for it. All right, so you're at the pool. I'm in my jams, probably. Yes. I'm playing uh, what were some of the pool games. Marco Polo? No, I mean... Dunk like, the donkey? <laughs> sharks versus... Jets. Sharks well, versus Jets. Sharks, yeah, right. We're doing a West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> in the pool. In the pool. No, you have, you have one poor sap who's like, hey, you get to tread water in the 10-foot section by yourself while we all run off the side and dive and try and swim to the other side without you tagging us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is a horribly dangerous game to play. Sure. I just remember these songs playing all the time yeah. and, and never getting tired of them. That's kind of my main memory of Tears for Fears from this time frame. What's your memory of Tears for Fears and songs from the big chair? Matt, it was about this time that I went to college. Oh, wow. I was a genius. Uh, I was recruited for a highly prestigious university to mm. come be a part of their laser physics yeah. 
program. Sure. And naturally, they roomed me, a freshman, with a senior. Sure. Because that makes sense. That's real smart. He was probably pretty introverted, the senior guy there, right? No, he was really outgoing. Wow. Kind of a goof off, mm. which was amazing because you'd think being this smart, we had to always be on the straight and narrow and the head professor got mad because he thought that this goof off was taking me down the wrong path we decided to stick it to the man yep and take down this professor that was making our lives miserable yeah we went to work on my roommate's project lasers were big in the 80s oh so big oh, man. then we found out that all of the work was going to be used for some big government project to Kill the Russians. Kill probably. the Russians. It was yeah. the 80s. Everything you worked on <laughs> yeah. was going towards that. I don't care if you were at school for physical therapy. They're like, how are we going to use this to kill the Russians? <laughs> I'm going to teach pre-K. Yeah, you're yeah. going to teach those preschoolers how to kill the Russians. That's right. What if there are algorithms that like search audio? The FBI is like, man, these guys, all they talk about is killing <laughs> Russians. And they talk about <laughs> mules, yeah. killing Russians. Melting pot. And freak me. Somebody said it. <laughs> oh, man. Any excuse. Any excuse. Oh, All right. Yeah. Back to my memory of your this real, album. Your real memory. Of course, we snuck onto the Air Force Base. Easy peasy. Again, 80s. We were highly concerned Wearing with security. Cap, probably. Yeah, except <laughs> high schoolers could sneak onto any base at any time. I think I remember you telling me the story before, like your roommate, wasn't his disguise legitimately like a jumpsuit and a mustache? Yeah. That works in That's the right. 80s. I think he had a little uh, name tag that said Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, just for flair. <laughs> anyway, we retargeted the laser to destroy the professor's house. Yeah, sure. Yeah. How'd you destroy the house? We put popcorn in there, oh. the seeds, and then the laser like made it. Oh, it heated it up. And man. made it numerous or big? Yeah. What are those? You know, what we had done is we had called up a congressman and yeah. another professor, and of course, they immediately came out. <laughs> immediately came yeah, out. <laughs> and saw. So the professor, he was disgraced. And the professor was like, why did you do this? We're like, man, we're just trying to like do science and make the world better. And the guy was like, that's ridiculous. Don't you want to rule the world? Man, nobody wants to rule the world. The congressman was like, actually, everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. And then, <laughs> which prompted my roommate to be like, oh, by the way, have I played for you that new Tears for Fears album? Oh, man. It's got a song called... Head over heels. Uh, it's got a song called Head Over Heels. <laughs> and with this, they're going to rule the world. Oh, man. Anyway, check this album he out. He completely missed the opportunity. He, he did. He God. wasn't that smart. He was book smart. Yeah, laser smart. <laughs> laser smart. <laughs> <laughs> Some ways, that's the low-hanging fruit memory. Yeah. But that's the other thing. Is at the end of that movie, when the popcorn is blowing up the guy's house and that yep. song's playing, yeah. that's ingrained in my memory as much as almost any other song in any movie. For some reason, it's such a good movie. All right, let's get into it. Songs from the Big Chair. Second album by Tears for Fears. Starts with a yell. Shout, 
Roland and Kurt from Bath. Bath. Not a big place. No. Not a major there, place. There is a, a Wikipedia that lists famous people from Bath. Okay. Peter Gabriel. Okay. Good start. Naked Eyes. Sure. What are they saying? Always something there to remind That's me. right. Yeah. I knew I knew the name, yeah. but I didn't yeah, look yeah. it up. Roger Bannister. Do you know that name? Broke the four-minute mile? The four-minute mile. Bath sounds like the Dunn of England. Bath is absolutely <laughs> the Dunn of England. I wonder if they have a... Uh... A Waffle House. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, two guys from Bath, they met in their early teens and bonded over a shared love of the Blue Oyster Cult. That's how we got together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In my mind, for 35 years now, I've always thought Cheers for Fears was Curtin Roland, the face of the band, researching songs from the big chair. You did research? Yeah, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> this was, at least the songs from the big chair era, this is a legitimate like band band. Yeah. That sure as heck didn't come across in any video or... The video or, or the, even the covers. It's just the two the of them. Two of them. <laughs> and heck, I mean, Kurt doesn't even write many of the songs no. on this album. No, he just happens to sing a few. He sings a few <laughs> and he plays bass. Yeah. And I'm not trying to take away from the two of them being the, the heart and soul of Tears for Fears. And but still, they Ian Stanley. Ian Stanley. The keyboardist. Yeah. Who co-wrote... A majority of the songs right. on the album is not mentioned or featured. Could point him out in a lineup. No, even like four guys. Yeah. It's your classic four guy kind of band. But I never knew that until you're getting ready for this epipod. It was the two of them on the cover. It's two of them on the cover. I think in the Head Over Heels video, I think it is. You, they showed a couple of other guys kind of playing bit parts in the background or different characters and i think they were even but in they disguise. even showed a chimpanzee in the video too so what <laughs> well, does that he played tell you symbols <laughs> yeah that was kind of the weird thing about this album to me it was in my mind i always saw tears for fears was curtain rolling writing doing most of the songs and singing but probably some session musicians yeah you know, kind that's of, what and, i thought too and it apparently was not the case so ian stanley if you're listening man you kicked butt on this album he co-wrote shout yep. he co-wrote everybody wants to rule the world yep. two of their biggest hits so anyway you got tears for fears they put out an album that got trashed by the press right in the nme a guy wrote sure they may be popular so was the reverend jim jones when he took five thousand followers <laughs> to guyana to commit mass suicide <laughs> Wow. But you know, when I hear it, I I just thought, well, why is Joy Division sincere? And you say these guys aren't. It was all in that overly emotive vein. English synth rock. Yeah. They changed their tune. They got more poppy. Do you know the name of the album where it came from? I don't. There was a movie about a woman who had multi-personality disorder. The only time she felt safe was sitting in the chair of her psychoanalyst and called it like the big chair. So basically, they were saying, like, we're rising above. It's kind of right. a middle finger to the press. Okay. Songs from a place where we don't care what you say. Yeah. Or maybe it was, you sent us to a therapist. Yeah. Either way, it was a reaction. This album is not full of, like, love songs and no. typical 80s pop songs from a theme standpoint. I mean, it's it's typical 80s in the sense that they're songs about, like, Cold War and anxiety over things that are going on politically yeah, and that's you know, right. things like that. But this isn't, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Even this is more of, I, mean, I think Shout's kind of this throwback to you know, Primal Scream therapy and just getting this anxiety off your chest. Yeah, they were big into that type of stuff. Thanks, John Lennon, for making that popular. Yeah. <laughs> That's his biggest contribution. (laughs) One of them said it's about protest, making a noise about things that disturb you, like nuclear weapons or whatever. (laughs) But he said, I found it therapeutic to sing. Yeah, Yeah. so I think it was just kind of like a a release. Yeah. 
Matt, this reached number one, Billboard Hot 100, August 1985. So that's you at the pool, I'm man. At the pool, man. Going to get my slushy. It was the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to reach number one, it's not your prototypical pop song. I mean, from a content standpoint, it's kind of a dark minor key song to be a hit like that which i think is pretty impressive they start with the chorus that's a brilliant move it's it's ear candy for sure an interesting voice too two of them together because kurt's got that more falsetto a little bit higher pitch yeah they sound similar to me though they do sound similar it's very complimentary it's complimentary it's like paul and john where it takes you a while yeah to realize yeah, which yeah. one is singing right yeah honestly i was familiar with and you couldn't escape tears of fears but their voices kind of annoyed me okay i don't know how i describe their voice i just remember yeah. it wasn't my favorite sure honestly revisiting this album has made me realize now these guys are incredible yeah listeners usually we do you know four or five four or five songs and there's eight songs on this album but honestly i think we all just want to talk about three. the big three <laughs> the big three songs from the big three here we go <laughs> I had to pick 10 all-time favorite songs of all time maybe even top five this is definitely on it i absolutely love 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 the song so number one is of course every breath you take probably so yeah. you said that I, no, I, not probably no, no, we've no, got no, documentation no, no, i said it was at least up to a point and i think it still is so, okay so that's definitely top five all right no, so that's, that's on there that's, that's on. really what this podcast is about is rounding out the top five <laughs> you love this song that much i never get tired of the song i think this is a perfect song okay and the crazy thing it almost didn't make the album really i think chris hughes the producer who also i think co-wrote it so i'm sure he had some yeah, skin right. in the game yep i think he had to push at the last minute to have this the song included oh yeah i see here it says that it came after roland played the two chords on his acoustic that's it <laughs> Da, da. You know, Chris Hughes is like, that's a hit. That's a hit. <laughs> Let's go to the studio right now. Yeah. Apparently Hughes, Roland, and then Ian Stanley. Ian Stanley again. They put it together in a week, which is pretty nuts because it's a complex song. It is. There's a lot going on in it. I mean, it's got that shuffling beat that is kind of strange to me. That, I mean, that hi-hat kind of throws me off a little bit, but it works. It's based in an African rhythm. Okay. This is polyrhythm, both four and six. You hear the four, generally. Yeah. Da, da. Yep. Well, like one, two, two three. three, four, and six. But that's going on underneath. They're doing the Paul Simon thing yeah, with right. Graceland, but yeah. not so overt. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a really... How do they write that? I know. How do they come up with that rhythm and everything? I think he was playing around with a drum machine or something. Is that right? I think so, I'm yeah. Making that up? That sounds right. And lyrically, it's definitely a song like of its time, but... 
it still works for today too with people positioning for power and i think the roland ricard said the song is about so many different things it's about the cold war it's about political unrest it's about 80s wealth and capitalism and everything that went along with that but it's also to me like such a happy sing-along kind of song as well yeah how is it so both minor key Mm -hmm. layered complex chords Mm -hmm. but still it's a pop song yeah Uh, matt do you remember the video for this one i think so i don't remember it but i looked it up kurt sings this one and he's driving in austin healy through california and then all of a sudden he's near some sand dunes where there's four wheelers and three wheelers just going up over the sand dunes. Is that supposed to represent something? I don't know. Cause like, I felt like there are other videos were a little bit more on the nose with yeah. what was going on with the song, but I wonder what that's supposed to represent. Eighties man. Yeah. It was like videos were very young. I mean, we talked about it before, like with Van Halen, you have like the video where it's like mostly them doing live concert footage. Then there's David Lee Roth being taken off in handcuffs. In a towel. In a towel. Like, hey, all right. Man, yeah. That looks good. We'll throw there it in There wasn't a ton of direction for a lot of these. <laughs> They're so cheesy. We talked about like how Tears for Fears changed from their previous album to this a bit. And Kurt Smith said like they were listening to a lot of American music. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and he referenced, you know, we were listening to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, Steely Dan, and even, dare I say it, Brian Adams, <laughs> who is an American, by the way. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but I do love the fact that he actually kind of, like, throws Brian Adams under the bus. Like, yeah. Ah, Brian Adams. Even, yeah. Even old Summer of 69 himself. Yeah. It's such an American <laughs> song, though. It is. Yeah, North American. Keep going. <laughs> you hoser. <laughs> hoser. <laughs> It is funny to think that they went from their synthy darkness yeah. to listen to Bruce Springsteen and it opens up your world. And you're right, everybody wants to rule the world. <laughs> in the documentary that I saw, one sentence Roland said began like this. Kurt and I were in a vegetarian discotheque. <laughs> I had to pause and rewind it. Like, Wait, what discotheque would you go to where they're serving meat? Yeah, is it, are they like Brazilian discotheques where you, you get the card with the red and green <laughs> while you're dancing? Yeah. They just keep bringing skewers of beef out you do a limbo they <laughs> just carve dropping, it off dropping yeah. <laughs> shrimp and chicken and beef in your mouth also the fact that he had to note that it was vegetarian we weren't slumming in a meat eater discotheque speaking of the 80s next song we're gonna cover is head over heels
video for this was about oh, gosh. them in a the library. Yes. The hot librarian. The hot librarian. Tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about like the whole hot librarian thing that's in pop culture? I it's mean, not like a hot banker. So this is what a year sandwich for, artist. This is a year since Hot for Teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 80s, man. Yeah. <laughs> man. So problematic. I love the video, man. He walks in. It takes him the whole opening sequence until he sings. That's how long it takes him to get to the librarian. Yeah. He sings the entire first verse, which, again, is like he's standing in front of her for close to a minute. <laughs> And she's just keeps rolling her eyes at him. Yeah. yeah. She's not like, can I help you? Or security. There's a creeper here who's singing to me. It's such an 80s video in yeah. that you have the cast of characters. Oh, yeah. Of which the band is mixed in. Yeah. You know, so they're throughout the library doing different things. And of course, there's the chimp wearing yep. a Boston Red Sox jersey. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, at that point, the Boston Red Sox were still like a laughing stock. Oh, okay. I'm assuming you can kind of be like, hey, this is funny. Like, yeah. They suck. I don't know baseball, <laughs> and I prefer to keep it that way. You know, maybe just like the hot for teacher. Michael Jackson had his chimp, Bubbles. Bubbles. And so they were like, we got to get a chimp. We got to get a chimp. <laughs> Everybody's got a chimp. <laughs> All the big ones have chimps. <laughs> <laughs> they rented a chimp. Big business in the 80s after Michael. We mentioned, you know, this is not like your typical 80s album full of poppy love songs, but I, I guess this one is in, is, in fact, a bit of a love song, right? It's going head over heels for, yeah. over that hot librarian. Yeah. The keyboard part from this started as a part of the previous song, Broken. But it's neat that they, they would then take a part of another song and write a whole song based on it. Yep. The song ends with him, in my mind's eye, one little boy, one little man. Funny how time flies. It's kind of a weird jump lyrically for the song, I think. I know what he's getting at. He's getting at, like, you've got a relationship and probably the early part of you trying to woo somebody and fall in love and then you know, blink of an eye, you're an old married couple. But in hindsight, it still seems kind of like an odd juxtaposition. The director read that and was like, time flies. You're old now. We're 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 going literal. Yeah. (laughs) That's the 80s, man. (laughs) Do you know who covered this, Matt? I do not. You're about to find out. Lincoln Park. Close. (laughs) In that (laughs) it's a crappy band. Hoobastank. Oh, Hoobastank. <laughs> when Zach Galifianakis hosted SNL for the first time, yeah, he comes out for his monologue. He's like, we got a great show. Hoobastank's here. <laughs> he looks off the side. No, it's not, it's not Hoobastank. <laughs> he just wanted to say Hoobastank. Yeah. That's great. We've talked about like these songs are like so iconic. Yeah. It's sort of like we talked about on the Adele epipod. Like you, you don't need to remake Love no. Song. But I will say one really good cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World is Ted Leo and the Pharmacist at the NPR Tiny Desk concert. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody. 
again, I think it's a perfect song. Yeah. You don't need to do it, but they do a good job with that's that That's cool. Yeah. Nas does a song called Rule and makes a really creative use of this one. Man, nice. The bombs and tanks makes mankind extinct. But since the beginning of time, it's been men with arms fighting. Lost lives in the towers and Pentagon. Why then must it go on? We must stop the killing. Tell me why we die with all God's children. Uh. Come on. Yeah. For the world. What? 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 Come on. Iconic. It is iconic, but you're right. There's not a lot of covers I found of this one. No. It's interesting about there's certain songs and yeah. certain artists that you don't, a lot of people don't cover them. Yeah. Why would you? This song for Tears for Fears had what I call the Pulp Fiction effect. What I mean by that is when I saw Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen a preview, and all of a sudden John Travolta comes on screen. Yeah. What on earth? And then it just completely revitalized his career. Yeah. And framed him in a different light. Right. In my mind, Tears for Fears was always mid-80s and yep. then cheesy late, late, late 80s, 80s yeah. early 90s yeah. and then i go see donnie darko okay head over heels starts playing and there's a montage and it's the soundtrack for this uh-huh. long scene in this really indie yeah unique mm-hmm. movie i was gonna do that movie for my memory oh, yeah but when i started realizing <laughs> how on earth am i gonna explain right. this I can't even explain it for real, let right. alone right. Yeah. You know, yeah, try right. and make a thing out of it. But it completely revitalized their career. There was also a cover of the song Mad Mad World yeah. from their first album. Children waiting for the day they feel good. Happy birthday, happy Matt, that went to number one in the UK for like three weeks. Like how long ago? Like 2000, 2001. Okay. It was the Donnie yeah. Darko time. Oh, okay. okay. But I think that that framed them in a light that is like they're cool again. Yeah. You put Head Over Heels on a mix and it wouldn't be like, oh, that's neat. It's not Power of Love. Like, yeah. you know, you put Power <laughs> of Love on a mix, people are like, oh, 80s, yeah. like Back to the Future. Yeah. But you put Head Over Heels on a mix in the 2000s, they're like, oh, yeah, Donnie Darko. Yeah. And they're cool. In the height of COVID quarantine, you had Kurt Smith and his daughter doing Mad Mad World. Went to school and I was very nervous. No one knew me. No one knew me. Hello, teacher, tell me what's my lesson. Look right through me. Look right through me. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you cause I find it hard to take. When people run in circles it's a very, very mad world. It was one of those things that happened that people didn't yeah. crap on you yep. know it was like oh this is a really cool thing I, I, this guy and his daughter and she's you know she's got a beautiful voice and they do that together and they've got a new album coming out that's right it's been a while since they've done one the first song that's out is actually not bad the tipping point it's a pretty good song let's I mean, play a little clip of it
It would be easy to lump them in with the likes of your Naked Eyes and, and some of these 80s bands that you kind of dismiss as kind of of their time and locked in this one-hit wonder or even, in their case, three-hit wonder kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's there's still something cool about Tears for Fears. They're a lot better than I ever gave them credit for. That's the point. That's been fun to dig into this album. I mean, this album was massive. I mean, yeah. Five million in the U.S. I think sold and no eight million worldwide. Yeah, it's a big deal. Now we see why. Yep. All right, listeners, we're getting towards the end, and so it's time for your senior quote. There's your photo. There's your photo. And there's your... the quote that for the rest of time yep. people will look back and associate this with you. So Matt, if you had to pick a senior quote from Songs from the Big Chair, what would it be? It's probably like the same stupid pictures on my LinkedIn would be the same picture that's in my yearbook, <laughs> same era. So I would take these lines from Shout. Those one-track minds that took you for a working boy, kiss them goodbye. You shouldn't have to jump for joy. You shouldn't have to jump for joy. You're saying peace out, fools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those one track minds in high school. You yeah. know, you know the ones, That's the jocks funny. and the goths. It's time to open up your mind. Yeah. What about you? Mine would be from Head Over Heels. I made a fire and watching it burn thought of your future. Oh. Because I just want people to wonder. He was deeper than I thought. God, I, what? I, I really should have dated him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This one was easy. There's a lot of yeah. kind of dramatic lyrics oh, yeah. that we could draw from. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, we also challenged one another. If you had to remove a song from an album, which one would it be? So Matt. Roland's going to stand like six inches from your face and just shout and sing yeah. at you. While Kurt stands on the other side playing his bass with no head on it. <laughs> if you don't remove a song, so which one would it be for you? This one was actually easy for me. I mean, I don't have a deep emotional tie to like the other five songs on this the sound but I believe Oh my gosh, it's just slow yeah. and boring. Yep. And it's a pretty dreadful little song there. That was mine too, man. Was it? Like you said, it was pretty easy yeah. uh, on yeah. this one. Yeah. I will say that some of the other tracks were better than I knew. Yeah. Pretty yeah. interesting. So I could see where in the 80s, this would be an album that you would put on and just let it play. Yeah. And then get to I Believe and Skip It. Because <laughs> everything I'd read about it was it was a really good complete album yeah. I, I didn't know the album i think if i'd been introduced to the full album in the 80s i'd have a different opinion of the whole album you listen to a lot of these songs really new for the first time i was mm -hmm. like eh, this sounds very 80s and there's some of it that i could just do without it was fun it's fun to listen to this one always fun to take a visit back to the 80s mid 80s Mm -hmm. And the singles of 1985 were incredible. <laughs> Even amidst all the competition of 1985 and the power year of rock and pop that was, Tears for Fears rose above. Remember, one week to go, our 
Listener's Choice fan art competition to get those creations into us. Uh, post on social, tag us at Finest Work Songs or email us at FinestWorkSongs at gmail.com. Thanks for being head over heels for Finest Work Songs. Oh! Oh! Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.